The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Well, yes, I am your host, Vincent Jenna, and I am coming to you live from Topsail Island in North Carolina. And this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show and happy inaugurational day. Um, I totally didn't realize that the inauguration was going to be happening exactly during my show and a couple of other shows. So I totally understand if you are doing both, listening to me and listening to President Joe Biden right now, who is speaking. <laughs> I've got him on my other screen. So if you hear me, you know, I disappear for a second or whatever, it's because I'm crying and I uh, over something so wonderful and beautiful. Uh, wonderful performances uh, by Jennifer Lopez. Lopez and Lady Gaga. Oh my gosh, I wish they were doing the um, halftime show for the Super Bowl this year. Gosh, it'd be so many other people that would be watching. They were wonderful. Um, I do have a special show for you today. And of course, I'm hoping that people will come back and download those who aren't listening right now. And those of you who are, it's something that you will want to download. We're going to be talking about the social dilemma, social dilemma. We will be talking about that. But before I get into the show, I have a big shout out a shout out. A lot of you, you know, you turn on, um, go to the your your device and you go to unityonlineradio.org and you just hit play and you start listening. Listen live, the button. You click the listen live button. And a lot of times you do not know what goes behind that in order to get that up there, in order to make it work, in order for the hosts to be able to bring forth the information with as great integrity and professionalism as possible, uh, a lot goes on behind the scenes. So I want to take a moment to give a big shout out to somebody. We, um, um, a, a, Many of you who use computers will understand that uh, Flash, which is a, a program, I don't really know how it works, that a lot of other applications and programs use is no longer being supported by Adobe. And so uh, it's being asked to be removed from your system, right? Well, there's some programs that need it. And, if, and Unity Online Radio uh, was one of them, for example, a control panel that uh, us hosts tap into. Well, Jeff Comfort, one of the engineers down at Unity Online Radio, worked like the Dickens to get it replaced so that we no longer needed to use Flash. And uh, he especially worked very hard um, on my case because it wasn't working. And I just want to shout out an appreciation for the time and the effort and the professionalism and the patience and the hours that he put into getting this to work for everybody so that you can appreciate all your hosts smoothly and and calmly and comfortably bringing their radio shows to you. So Jeff Comfort, thank you so much. And also Louie down there, Louis 
Lewis is also there as an engineer and a techie there, making sure that the programs are running smoothly and everything is functioning right. So big shout out to the both of them. Thank you. We are we appreciate you. We appreciate you. Uh, there's so many people that are involved in getting the light out there, you know, isn't there, aren't there. I should say, yes. And, and and there is a reason for that. It's because we're meant to be depending on each other in that way, interdependent on each other, interdependent, um, meaning that they uh, help me and I help them. But But we work together to get the message out, to get the inspiration out, the motivation out, to help each other. Uh, because that's the way the world is supposed to be, to help each other, to come together, to heal each other. We do that. Life alone would be very boring. I know there are many people out there that wish that this entire planet was theirs alone. Uh, well, <laughs> interestingly, there was an old Twilight Zone um, show one day. Uh, oh, it was, it was really irritating. Uh, Burgess Meredith, I remember, was the star of the show. And, oh, he was an avid reader. He was an avid reader. All he cared about, he didn't care about interacting with anybody, but his dream was to basically read every book in the world, right? Every book in the world. And, um, and he, you know, he, his, his sight was really bad, so he depended upon these glasses. And, but, but he just wanted to read. He had no patience for people whatsoever. He just wanted to live life his way. And you can see throughout the show, you know, his irritation with people, his impatience with people. All of that. He was really having a hard time with them. Well, um, what winds up happening is one day he locks himself down in a vault with all of these books so that he's going to now read and not be bothered by anybody. But what he doesn't realize is that basically a World War Three is happening outside and the bomb is dropped everywhere. But he is the lone survivor. He is the lone survivor. And so he comes out of the vault and everything is completely destroyed. And he happens to be in Washington, D.C. And so he's walking around and in, in total shock and dismay that there's nobody around. There's nobody. They're all gone. Everything is destroyed. However, he comes across the Library of Congress, which is one of the largest libraries in the world. And there's nothing but books books around. And all of a sudden you see him in his glory. You see him in his glory and he collects all of these books and he piles them up and he actually piles them up based on years and the months, right? And this year I'm going to be able to go through these books and this year these books. And I've got so many. Basically, he figured out that at least for the rest of his life, and he wasn't a young guy, he was an older guy, maybe in his mid-50s or something like that. And he had all these years and nobody to interrupt him. And he found food and everything like that. And in the process, he wounds up tripping on one of the steps and drops and breaks his glasses. And now he can't see correctly or read. And his life becomes worthless. 
And so his dream, even though he got it to come to pass, to be alone, so he can do what he wants. And he couldn't do that anymore. I loved that story because now there's nobody there to fix him a pair of new glasses. There's nobody around. All the people that he complained about that he needed now were no longer there. It was just him, just like he wanted. So watch what you wish for out there. We depend on each other and help each other. We work together. That's what this life is about. We have to learn how to do that correctly. We, this pandemic alone is proof. It's proof that we need each other. And speaking of the pandemic, yes, yours truly and his wife got our first vaccination shot. I know that it's been very difficult for many people, people in New York. We have friends and family in New York. And oh, my gosh, there, there's way too much, too many people, too dense a population. And they can't even get to the age. They lower the age to 65 um, for most of the states. Florida is the only one that's doing it even in smaller chunks because their lines would be way too big if they just said 65 and older. Um, so, so we are in, um, in, in a place though, over here in Topsail Island, there are a, a, a places we actually drove an hour and a half to Moorhead city and the hospital there was taking walk-ins and there were many, many people who weren't going to get the vaccination. They had actually some extras to allow for walk-ins because people were afraid to get the vaccination. Don't be afraid. I meditated on it. Don't be afraid. I was more afraid of the needle. Believe me, I'm a big baby. I hate needles, but I do. I do have to admit something. It was less pain than if you pulled a hair out on your arm. It was less painful. You hardly even felt it. I mean, afterwards, yes, today, it feels like I got punched in the arm. Maybe maybe I did get punched in the arm. Maybe my wife did that while we were sleeping last night. I don't know. I don't know what she was dreaming about. But no, it's sore that way. That's it. It's a little bruise, like a bruise, right? A bruise in the area because it does go into your muscle. But the needle itself didn't hurt at all. And I had freaked out for no reason at all. But I did still want a lollipop after I got the shot. But there was none around. So we just went out to dinner instead. Um, but thanks to our friends who cared a lot, Carolyn Marty, whose house we're staying at, they're visiting, that we drove an hour and a half to go get that shot. So do what you need to find out, make some phone calls. I know um, in in North Carolina and Raleigh and the Wake area, they are overwhelmed. The systems are down. You can't even sign up anymore to get on a wait list. So I wish you well. And, and please, please don't freak out. Okay, be patient, be patient. You will get it. It will come to you. <clears throat> we happen to be traveling in February, um, so you'll be on the lookout for that. I've been invited to be on Beyond Belief, which is a Gaia TV program with George Norrie. I was on it once before, and I'm going to be on it again. It will. It's recording in February. I'll let you know when it's going to air for anybody who has a subscription to Gaia TV. It's going to be fabulous. We're going to be talking about ufology and aliens and extraterrestrials and my communication with them. So it's going to be really cool. So um, what I wanted to talk about today, it's you, you know me, I'm controversial and I don't mind. Usually I, I disagree with a lot of concepts and with things that people say, even my own 
son, very intelligent, and wife. They disagree with me, but that's okay. They're allowed to disagree with me and be wrong. I mean, we, we are in a free country. Um, no, uh, they, I can understand why people believe this. So, so if you haven't seen the little documentary, Social Dilemma, it's on Netflix, watch it. I understand it, and I understand what they're saying. And what it was about is these social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, things like that, that the programmers and the designers created these algorithms that whatever you click on as far as an interest, it's collecting data through this algorithm and the algorithm allows for other information like what you've clicked on to all of a sudden appear on your feed, like your Facebook feed, your Twitter feed. So, so for example, whether it be people, well, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this, like you're, you're looking at some of the feeds and you see these advertisements, you click on one of the advertisements for a, I don't know, a nonstick skillet or a workout program, and then all of a sudden, all you see are in your feed all of these ads for these workout programs or this nonstick skillet um, or diet pills, you know, or vitamins. Or now what I'm seeing is um, Ashwananda by Goli, Goli goalie uh, product made, which I absolutely love, apple cider vinegar chewies, gummies, gummies, which is great. Uh, they're great. You get apple cider vinegar is a wonderful anti-inflammatory. And they created it in gummy form so that in cherry, and it tastes delicious because, you know, taking a shot of apple cider vinegar is can be vile for some people. I find it vile. And now they have Ashwananda, which is an um, 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 Ayurveda product, which helps in calming and all different things, bringing down blood pressure, all different wonderful things like that. Well, they made them into gummies, too. And so I, t I clicked on it once. Now, every other post on my Facebook feed is that ad. Well, that because of this algorithm that they created. So according to Social Dilemma, what they're saying is that's actually created an issue with people in this way. The same thing happens when you click on somebody else's feed. So whatever you're interested in, your group the, uh, that you join, you will now receive more like people and feeds. So where they're saying that is bad is if you are, I don't know, into something that's negative, you will constantly be fed all these, this information and all these people and like-minded people, in other words. And that's all you will see. And so what they're saying is when you keep seeing that, Number one, you don't get to see other information that may be more factual. Okay, um, uh, you you may keep seeing the people if you if you're into something negative, 
or angry or racist or something like that, you will receive other people who feel the exact same way. And I see that working. I see how that works. Absolutely. And they're saying that that actually incites you more. It exacerbates more. And so they're feeling that things like the the protesting and the attack on the Capitol building was because of these people being on social media and constantly having their feelings fueled by others. Well, I've always talked about the water cooler effect, right? I've talked about how one person or two people can go to the water cooler at work, take a break, take a drink, and they start complaining about the boss. And then another one joins them at the water cooler and yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. And then another one and another one. And soon after a 10 minute break, everybody in the in the company wants to go on strike and hates the boss. Right. Because they're all feeding into each other. We can understand how that works. That works in a positive way. One of the reasons why I enjoy doing my events, oh my gosh, live events, is because when you have a group of people and you raise their vibrations, their vibration in turn raises the person that's sitting next to them. And even if you're six feet away from each other, it still raises their vibration. And actually, you don't even have to be in person because energy isn't in a place. It's everywhere. And so you just have to send it out there, right? And it raises the vibration. It's worked in everything. It's worked in, in sport games and in, in how you, you know, get your team going, right? You excite your team. Come on, guys. And they put all their hands in there. My, my son, I watch my son all the time. He coaches his son's baseball teams. And I always see him. And, you know, and just before they get out on the field, they all put their, their hands on, on top of each other. And they go, you know. Three, two, one, yeah, win, yeah, and everybody goes out there, rah, 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 and that's the whole reason for fans in the in the crowds in the in in the stands there because they're rooting on the teams, and the more they root on the teams, the more it affects the team. We understand that the raising of energy, we do understand that. And the same thing can happen in a negative way. You know, you can get a group of people and and a mob and they turn into a violent mob because you're, you know, you're instigating them. You're instigating them. Come on. So that's what they're saying. Social dilemma is all about is that social media and media in itself just in general is instigating. I understand the psychological concepts. Remember my experience, my background, my expertise is in the mind, the human mind. So when you have one person feeling maybe negative, bad, you know, maybe, uh, you know, whatever it is, is, you know, they had a bad experience with a black person or something and now they're getting all upset or they just, you know, fear them and now all of a sudden, they hear on Facebook, yeah, 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 they always cause problems. And now maybe maybe they feel a little bit more anger towards black people or gays or women or Islamic people or Jewish people. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, they say it doesn't matter what it is. But when you have when you gather these people together, that's where they have problems. Matter of fact, it goes back to the Bible. The Tower of Babel story is all about just that, right? It's all about that, actually. It's a metaphysical meaning 
um, in actuality of an individual metaphysical meaning. It's not about groups, but the story was about a group, right? You had this um, king, and I forgot what his name was, but, um, you know, he wanted to be God. He wanted to be the only God. So he believed that he could actually kill God by shooting an arrow into the sky. We weren't very smart back then, really. I mean, I don't know where he got that idea from, but I guess, you know, from being able to kill another human being with an arrow, he figured he could kill God. But he had to build a tower tall enough, tall enough. And they were one group of people, Arabs, one group of, of whoever they were, didn't matter what their religion was. And so they built, this was very early on in our history. It's very early on in the New Testament. And so they built this tower. And it went real, 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 real tall, right? And then the king finally gets up there, you know, with his bow and arrow, and he shoots an arrow into the sky. And, of course, it did absolutely nothing except come down. I don't know if it hit one of the guys who built the tower on the head. Whatever. And so the story is that God got upset with that. And said, you know, you people down there, when you gather all together, even though you can do wonderful things, you do some stupid things, thinking like you can kill me. So I'm going to separate you. I'm going to separate you. I am going to, the way I separate you is make you all speak different languages. So now all of a sudden there was one group of people who spoke the same and all of a sudden they were divided into several different groups and they couldn't understand each other. One group would talk one language, but then the next group who was speaking their language just two minutes before is now speaking another language and another group is speaking another language and another group is speaking another language and they all sounded like they were babbling to each other, thus the name of the tower, the Tower of Babel. Babel. It wasn't just because it was in Babylonia. It was because everybody was babbling and couldn't understand each other. And so what they decided to do is go their own ways to their own lands and thus culture. That was the first time different cultures were created, all because they came together to try to do something bad. Well, in actuality, the metaphysical meaning of that exact story is more about us and the difference between our left brain and our right brain and our soul's brain and the God brain, all that's within us, right? And the mind and the voices that we hear, right? Don't, don't we sound like we're babbling with ourselves sometimes, right? Between the one part of us that wants to do one thing, you know, and then another part of us that wants to do something else. And then a third part can even try, oh, no, yeah, yeah, I know I was thinking of those two. Maybe I shouldn't do those two at all. Maybe maybe it's over here. You know, I heard that it would be better if I moved over here. Yeah, but I always wanted to go to Florida, but sometimes it gets too hot there. Maybe I should go someplace a little bit further north. 
nah, I can't go north. I can't stand snow. And so that would be dumb going north. Yeah, but what happens if you go out? Maybe something in the middle where you get all four. I know I've heard your conversations. You call me up to get a reading to find out which one of those voices is the accurate one. So I understand that. So you babble with yourself. It wasn't that way. We had one voice to start with. And it wasn't the God force who condemned us and separated the voices. It's us who did that. The moment we separated from the God within us, everything became babbling and confusing. And we, ha and we heard all different voices because we couldn't even understand our own, our own true soul's voice. And so we were trying to kill the God within us because we weren't accepting what it was trying to guide us with, you know, that was a long time ago. So the power of Babel resides within us. However, 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 the idea was when you gather too many together, that trouble is going to be caused. So you can bring that all the way now to the present time and talk about social media. Well, here's the thing. How much more is social media, media doing to us than we were doing to ourselves before there was even a computer? The whole reason for the Tower of Babel story was just that, is because we came together in forces and, and exacerbated some of the negative as well as some of the most wonderful positive stuff, right? We did that before there was social media. Well, we're going to talk more about this and what my belief is about it right after the commercial. We're coming up to the commercial. So this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. We're talking about Social Dilemma, the uh, documentary that's on Netflix. I'm Vincent Jenna, your psychic therapist and medium coming to you on Unity Online Radio. So just hang in there, stay with me, and I'll be right back. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Yes, thank you for joining me today during Inaugurational Day. I hope you had a chance during our break to go over, watch some of the inauguration, and then come back here and listen, or listen later, that's okay. Um, if you are just joining me, please go back and listen to the first half, download it, 
the podcast when they post it up there. We're talking about Social Dilemma, which is a documentary that's on Netflix. And we were talking about the idea that um, you can incite each other or inflame each other. You can inflame each other's negativity when you come together and you just, you know, rally together and get that vibration and energy up. But you can also do it in a positive way, right? You can come together and you can see all that love. Um, if you remember when we had the Black Lives Matter march and the thousands and thousands of people all over the world that just raised an incredible energy, right? Or if you go to a concert, you know, and there's thousands of people in the park and they're listening to Simon and Garfunkel or Woodstock or one of those. I just dated myself completely. Well, Lady Gaga, OK, whatever. Um, you know, and everybody's so excited, you know, because that's what happens. We feed off of each other. And that is what social media dilemma or social dilemma is talking about, is that media has a responsibility of putting out the right information, the right way of doing things. We got to stop this this um, algorithms and constantly sending uh, negative people to negative people and positive people to positive people and the wrong information to the people who are reading the wrong information and the right information to the others because it's either or these days. That's the idea. That's what they're saying the responsibility is. I say otherwise. I say yes I understand how we can help raise each other's energy, good or bad. However, and that's with a capital H-O-W, ever. However, I'm going to go to the practice of hypnosis to start this explanation and where I'm coming from. Practice of hypnosis. If anybody out there has either been hypnotized or know of a um, hypnotist, I know several. I've worked with it myself. A matter of fact, um, I informally do it when I am guiding people through past life regressions or even some of my meditations. A guided meditation is a form of hypnosis. If you really think about it, it just doesn't go to a deeper level. But there's one thing every hypnotist and the practice understands. And you've seen some of those shows, right? Maybe you went to Las Vegas. Maybe you went somewhere where they had a hypnotist on stage and you would get a bunch of people on stage who could be hypnotized. And then he'd make everybody sound like a duck and quack like a duck. He'd make people do that, you know, if it was an adult show, sexual things, or look like they were doing sexual things. Uh, I remember I was at a, um, a show with my friend once in LA, and the hypnotist made us forget the number seven. And so no matter how many times we counted, we went one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, ten, nine, eight, it's six, five, four, three, two, one. And we would exclude the number seven, right? And we were doing that until he reversed it. Power of suggestion. We know that that works because hypnosis is a legitimate practice. It, it helps people uh, break habits, break fears, let go of and release past. Brian Weiss did hypnosis and brought people back into past lives. 
many masters, many mansions, many masters in that book. But the one thing that you must understand about hypnosis is that you cannot make anybody do what they would not normally do. Now, that doesn't mean consciously people are going to start walking around like ducks. However, if within the deep recesses of their mind, they would never, ever, ever, ever do that. I don't care what the hypnotist tries to do. They would not walk like a duck, which is the reason why some people cannot be hypnotized. Some people just refuse to be hypnotized. Well, nobody can make you be hypnotized if you refuse to be hypnotized. This, why does this matter in what I'm talking about with social dilemma? I will say this again. Hypnosis, which is a scientific practice, cannot make you do what you would normally not do, which means that it can only make you do what within your character, within your personality, within your mindset, within your beliefs, you would be able to do. Now, carry that over into group gatherings and the concept and the belief of social dilemma. If you did not have it in your heart, in your mind, to become riled up, to become enraged, to become hateful, to become prejudiced, to become racist, no matter how many people were standing around you, you would not do it. Let's go back in history. The whole reason why so many Christians were able to be killed is because they refused to denounce Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And they were martyred and killed. Now, yes, of course, there's always going to be those few that can denounce Jesus uh, out of fear, fear of pain, fear of loss of life. But the majority of people didn't. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Because I sit and I watch the news and I hear and I hear the negative comments and it doesn't affect me at all. It doesn't make me want to now go out and pick up a gun and go shoot somebody because I would never, ever, ever do that to start with. I wouldn't pick up a gun and go shoot a rabbit or a deer or a bear. I'm not going to pick up a gun and go shoot my neighbor. I don't care how much you're telling me I should. You're not going to incite that kind of anger in me. You can't put in a human... What isn't already there, listen to me again. You cannot put in a human what isn't already there. All right, what about the concept of brainwashing? Brainwashing, they show brainwashing. I'm sorry, but what you don't understand about brainwashing is that a person would go mentally insane before accepting a behavior 
or an action that they are meant to do that they would not normally do. Their brain would just blow up. And that's ingrained in us. It's a safety mechanism. It's why we need to wake up and learn. I can't make you prejudiced. Okay, so now this is where my wife and my son argue. This is like, well, if that's the only information you're receiving, say you only receive, you get all this negative information about a black person or, or, or about like what's going on today, a senator, a congressman, it doesn't matter. You get this negative information, but you never get a chance to see the truth about this person. You see all lies or you see just all this criticism. And the belief in the theory is, well, then if that's the only information you receive, then you're going to take on that belief. Untrue. Because even if you go, hmm, I wonder if that's true. The moment you hear something to the contrary, you would be open for changing your feelings or your opinion. We would be open to it because we all have a filtration system and that filtration system is trained. It's trained by the way you want and choose to believe and think, believe and think. That's what trains your subconscious mind. So therefore, when you hear this negative piece of information, you have either trained it to accept it unquestionably or with question and critical thinking and going, mm, I'm going to wait till I form an opinion on that until I hear something else. So your spirit cannot be raised unless you have spirit awakened within you. Hallelujah. Yeah, I know. I know you can see them all rallying, but watch the next time you go to a rally. Watch the next time you're watching one on TV. Not everybody is raising their hands and going and shouting hallelujah. Others are. Why? Because it's already built into them because they put it there. They woke it up. That is the whole point of being body, mind, and spirit that you have to understand. When they're talking social dilemma, they completely eliminated the concept of the soul and conscience. And your conscience is connected to your soul's mind, which is connected to the mind of God, which is connected to the truth of life and everything. Now, if you eliminate that part of who we are, of course, you're only talking about a mind. Now you're talking about a mind that can be turned one way or the other. And that is just not true, because if you're just talking about a mind that can be persuaded and influenced, then you're talking about, about victimization. And you can be made to be a victim to other people's opinions. But we are not just body and mind. We can't be. Otherwise, there'd be no purpose here. There would be no, no growth here. There would be nothing but waiting until the right stuff comes along in order to follow that. And maybe we'd be lucky. Or just follow all the crap. All the people that you are hearing out there which are opposing your positive understandings and what we understand to be compassion and caring and love and kindness 
all those people opposing it is because of what's within them to start with, not because they were created that way like robots, like Frankensteins. They don't, do not have an awakened soul. They do not have a spiritual bank account. And so when they're on Facebook and they get another person who is screaming angrily, I went through this personally with a very dear, dear, close friend of mine. And here's the proof of that. Here's the proof. Here's the proof. When I met him, he was a negative person. Rush Limbaugh was his idol. He, oh, he, he believed everybody was worthless unless you went out and worked for yourself. He didn't believe in social welfare programs, made comments about blacks all the time. Women were only sexual objects to him, all of that. He was just right there. I didn't even know why I became his friend. But what happened was, is while I was working in the office with him and the other manager, I would be speaking my stuff. This is what Jesus meant by dine with your enemies. Because you could be sitting amongst them and then you start speaking and all of a sudden this young man, he was younger than me, much younger than me, started listening to what I was saying and wanted to know more. So we became friendly and I was invited to his wedding and his children's birth and he loved me, we loved them and, and we became very close. So he was once a student, uh, a spiritual student of mine, actually then became really close friend. We became close friends. But, but, but. I was touching the good side of him, for sure. And he was choosing to let that come out. But it never, he never lost that negative side, because every so often I would hear that. Then as time went on, and I was really now giving him lessons on how to manifest and, and how to get the universe to work on your side and the purity in your heart, and it went on and on. And we did good, and he did well, and I didn't hear all that negative stuff come out of him anymore until, until I was no longer there. I know what you're going to say, so let me finish this story. I was no longer there. He moved into a new area where there was somebody just like his negative side living nearby. And they met each other, found each other. And now he went off the deep end and the negativity came out of him. Well, here's the thing. He never lost the positive he could have chosen. I know what you're saying. Oh, see, Vince, you weren't there to keep him influenced. You couldn't keep feeding him the positive. And therefore, you know, the guy who was negative was feeding him and that influenced him more because he was around him more. And so now he followed that guy. He had a choice. Of course, both the dark and the light are within us all, our capacity to be both. Actually, it's not that dark is a characteristic trait of who we are. It's the result of not following the light. Evil is not built in us. It's the result of feeling detached from God. So it's a result. It's not a trait. It's what's left. It's a residual, shall we say. The more you're unattached to that light within you, then what keeps building up and building up and building up is the dark. 
Though he chose to let go of the light within him, it was a conscious choice to then follow the dark. But it wasn't because that new friend of his influenced him. It just brought it out of him more. It brought it out. He wasn't less negative with me. I brought out the light side in him. The point that I'm trying to make is it wasn't because he had more influence. It's not because people are receiving more negative influence that is now making them negative or, or giving them permission. That's the other word. That's what the word my wife used. No, well, it's giving them to permission to be that negative and to, to be that angry and be that mean. They're, they're receiving permission to be that way. It doesn't make a difference if you're getting permission or not. It has to be within you to start with. If that negativity wasn't in my friend to start with, the other guy wouldn't have been able to bring it back out. It was in him. He chose not to ever let it go, no matter what he heard from me. And I can't change a person. I can feed a person. He liked the results when he was with me. So my point is, we have to stop blaming. I don't care how much you fix social media. We have the capacity without the internet to join together in forces to either be good or to be bad, to make lower choices. We did that before. We did it since the beginning of time. This time, I should say, this earthly time that we call history. It has nothing to do, well, now we're more in touch with each other. No, what you have seen happen in the world and here in the United States was to bring it to the surface. I've said this over and over again. Nothing has been instilled in these people, but it definitely brought it to the surface of what was always there. Just like my friend, it was always in him. It was always in him and he chose that side. It was always in Anakin Skywalker to either be on the force of light and a Jedi or to be on the dark side. Luke Skywalker had the exact same choice, but he chose to stay on the light side. Each one of us, every single day of our lives, have the capacity to choose the dark side. But you can choose the light side the more you work on your spirit. Now, take the body and the mind and add the spiritual part. And the spiritual part is what guides you. If your spirit is weak, your human mind will take over. So the answer is strengthen the spirit, strengthen the soul, no matter what you do in your life. Yeah, you can work on getting your career working well. You can work on your relationships, making them better. You can work on your health. You can work on all your stuff. But let me tell you something right now. If you are not working on the fuel, if you are not working on that soul, if you are not working on the most important aspect of who you are, then... You're up the creek without a paddle, literally. Because then anything can sweep you away. And the proof of it is watch the way people are acting. 
I can watch the same news. I can be in the same area with riots going around me and not turn and not be incited or inflamed. And that lets me know that I've done great work on myself and my soul, and so is my wife and many others too, and I hope you are doing the same. And by listening to these shows and by listening to the wonderful hosts here and their shows, that is what we're trying to do, is awaken your spirit and feed it as much as we can, but it's up to you to ingest it, take it in, eat it, chew on it, swallow it, ingest it. Trust that you'll filter out the stuff you can't believe or doesn't resonate with you and that you'll take on as nutrition the stuff that does. That's the whole purpose of tithing, right? Paying for your spiritual food. That is what you need to do in the world today. Invest in it. But you've got to feed the spirit, the soul, and God isn't doing it for you. Jesus isn't doing it. Archangel Michael, your deceased loved ones, and not even me. Nobody is doing it for you. You have to do it for you. All the power is there. All the food is there. There's a smorgasbord, a buffet of wonderful food. Now there's no buffets if you go out to the restaurants because you can't do that because of coronavirus. But guess what? There is a bigger table of spiritual food out there that is so much safer, healthier, and it is insured and guaranteed to feed you and make you grow. Take it in. Stop complaining. Stop worrying. Stop being fearful. That's human food. That'll get you sick and nauseated and cause all types of illnesses and diseases. People aren't allergic to gluten. They're allergic to anything that's not spiritual because it goes against the grain of who you are and who we are. Stop blaming Facebook. Stop blaming Twitter. Stop blaming CBS, ABC, NBC, CNN, Fox, MSN, it does BC. It doesn't make a difference what's out there. If you are not inclined to be in, in, infuriated, inspired, or influenced by any of those things, you won't be. Inspire yourself. Motivate yourself. Enhance yourself. But watch. Watch what comes out. That's how you judge. So, Vince, how do I know what's really inside of me? Watch by the way you respond. Are you sitting there and joining in with all those other negative people? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, we're going to go through hell now the next four years or whatever you want to say. Are you are you inflamed when somebody else brings up the subject? Then you know what's inside of you. Not don't blame your neighbor for inflaming you. Or causing you to riot. Two people get into an argument and then it ends in a horrible breakup, divorce or anything. Don't blame the other person because you couldn't have gotten to that place if it wasn't in you to start with. 
If you're not an enraged type person, you won't ever be enraged. Sorry. That's what I believe. We have the capacity for a lot of things, but like I said, with the proper training and the proper work and the proper evolving, you lose the negative side. Evolving has nothing to do with growing, really. Really. It has to do with shedding. Because if you think about it, we are already perfect, incredibly omnipotent God beings. Because that's what we were created by. And God, and when it says like, you are created in its likeness. An omnipotent, powerful being cannot create anything less than itself. Now, we've got a whole bunch of layers on top of us that caused us to forget that. We don't have to evolve to that level. We have to shed away the negative to see the positive, to see the light. So think about your shedding. It's a shedding process. You're getting rid of what you've been told in the past and in the waking up process, because awaking, waking up doesn't mean you got to put something in its place. You just got to arouse the good side of you, right? Well, we've talked long about this and we're at the end of my hour here. Go back and watch this wonderful inaugurational ceremony. I'm Vincent Jenna. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Hang around for some wonderful hosts or come back and listen here to Unity Online Radio and shed away all that nonsense and stop blaming what incites you. Take responsibility for inciting yourself to goodness, to power, to love. Thank you all. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.